It's Mo, Casey, Susie, and CJ. Good times in the morning. Follow Good Times Official on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Hey everyone, sorry for the late start. We've been trying to wait for uh, Casey Montero, but either he did not wake up or he's back in jail for whatever reason. Um, but it is uh, time for us to do the show. Thanks for being here. It is a Wednesday morning at 7.44, live on Magic 89.9, and of course, from our homes on Facebook, uh, on the Magic 89.9 Facebook via Zoom. We are here, and um, we hope you guys have a good time with us. We have Senator Sunny Angara, who's going to sit in and co-host with us a little bit. So much to talk about with the senator. We're just, of course, crossing our fingers that he actually does show up in the next 15 minutes here. CJ, yes? You're confident he'll make it? I'm I'm confident that he's gonna make it. All right. What are you more confident about Senator, Senator Sunny or Casey showing up? Um, Senator Sunny. Yeah. Casey yeah. Paranga. Last scene to two in the morning, so I I don't think he's showing up at all. Yeah. Uh, wherever you are around the world, thanks for hanging out. Um, looking at uh, let's see here, uh, people from Australia, Australia, Singapore, um, of course Philippines, first the most represented here on Facebook, but for all the people who would take the time out, whatever time zone they're in to listen to us, we appreciate it so much. If you guys have any messages for us, absolutely jump on Facebook or you can get your Twitter accounts and tweet us. We're monitoring both constantly. If you've got questions for the Senator, please fire away as well. I mean, it's not often you get a chance to have real true one-on-one direct line to one of the more important government seats. So um, this is the first time I believe we're going to have Sonny Angara on the show. Dan, I think we had him before on The Goat because he is very much a basketball fan. And yeah, I'm really he is. So I think we've had him on The Goat, right? Uh, but have we? I don't remember. I don't think so. No, I, don't, I would remember if we had him. No, we've never had him. I'm ooh, It may have been another sports uh, show or something like that that I was doing, probably with Nico. Um, but we, I, I have talked to him uh, and we've talked hoops. So we, let's kind of carve out uh, some time here on the show today to talk basketball. We are, gosh, how many how many days away? Are we exactly three weeks away or thereabouts? What are we exactly? Yeah, we, um, maybe not exactly three weeks, but definitely in that range. Okay. So he's a huge Celtics fan, so we can kind of pick his brain. It's about one Two, three, yeah, about three weeks and a couple of days away from uh, the NBA season. So that's really, really exciting times. All right. Speaking of the NBA season, I was talking to the guys of NBA Philippines yesterday. So it might be a lot of exciting stuff between the guys of NBA Philippines and good times. So watch out for that. I'm a giveaway giveaway or you think well, the, the, basketball the, players that will, might be on the show here with us? Well, uh I can't give away too much, but uh, they are going to work on some basketball players uh, joining us for the show. Um, so that should be pretty exciting. Uh, you pro- probably get what you want, Mo, <laughs> as you requested. Please, Luca. what I want. Oh, man. Mugsy would be awesome. Why is Susie holding a scary dog? It's my mic, sis. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's really <laughs> <laughs> I uh, it look like the, the one you you a poke gonna <laughs> hurt someone else. 
Ah, yung voodoo? Yeah. Voodoo doll? Right, girl. I wanna not yeah. touch it, um, I have no choice. All right, so how, how's everybody? You guys have anything first and foremost? I mean, we have a couple of minutes here before Senator Angara, which we're hoping is going to be jumping on in the next, again, five minutes here. Do you guys have anything you want us to knock out, uh, a topic of some sort, anything that you might, like, want to sound off on? Now's the time to do it. And then, that's, of course, that's all of us, as well as you guys. Anything in mind? Mm-hmm. No, okay. not really. CJ, topic generating machine. Sobrang, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> so, that is so not me, bro. I swear. Yes, you are. You're your you're thing. By the way, I want to just kind of uh, commend CJ on all his producing work that he's been doing this week. Oh, if We're you guys only, you guys only, you guys only, you. Whoa, what was uh, that? Let's, let's not, let's not stick to your mind. <laughs> no, if let's you, talk, I mean, like, if you guys only mind. knew the uh, stress that Siege has been going through for the show. It's been intense. Right. He just put in a lot of work here. So thanks, CJ, for all of that. Um, okay, so let's do this. Oh, yeah, Brandon here on Facebook. TikTok is going to be banned in the U.S. Already, yeah, I mean, President U.S. President Trump has kind of made reference to TikTok being banned. I don't know why. I don't know what the political angle is to this. Mm-hmm. I do know that TikTok has already been banned in Hong Kong, I believe. Yes? Yeah. Is that yeah. right? Yes. What, what's the deal? Why is it been being banned there? Is it because of all the dance moves that are really, Is it Rico Blanco's fault? <laughs> I think it's because uh, lumabas na may data gathering software sila. Yeah, they have. Yeah, there's like a something. <laughs> let's try, so they're, let's try to um, read up on it. Hold on. So they're infiltrating your in, your info. Yeah. They're, they're infiltrating. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, for Mac well, users, there, there you go. Uh, uh, apparently, I'm reading up. So the gov- the U.S. government is looking at banning TikTok due to national security concerns. Uh, their government is considering banning TikTok in the U.S. due to concerns surrounding Chinese surveillance. That's according to uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Am I happy that TikTok's gone? Probably. <laughs> How about Addison Ray? No more Addison Ray. Uh, cry us a river. <laughs> we can do without her. No, but yeah, I, I think I think I'm just counting the days when people would stop TikTok. I, I get the value though. I think it is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, no, we could hopefully pass on that soon. Um, what else? Anything else? Okay, let me read my announcement real quick. I'll do it a little bit earlier today, and then we'll take a break, and then hopefully when we come back. We'll have uh, the good senator here on the show. Uh, I want all of you guys to go for more with Globe Prepaid's Go50. Uh, I know we've been really just coping with this new way of life, spending more time with the family, finding new ways to connect with friends, maybe pick up uh, a new hobby. If you haven't done that yet, you still got plenty of time to do that. You want to learn something online? Absolutely go. Uh, Or if you want to online shop and binge watch your favorite series, I'm sure... We've had all a variety of those things that we've been doing with this time in quarantine. So the world is quickly turning into a digital world. And to gear us up with our lives is in this new digital normal. Globe, Globe Prepaid has launched its biggest and newest promo yet with Go50. With the new Go50, you can enjoy 5 gigabytes of data for all sites and apps, giving you the flexibility and freedom that you need without ever holding back. Plus, 
you can enjoy the new Go50 with only all net text for three days. Now, everyone can ease into the new normal without the worry of running out of data and being limited by a list of apps with Globe prepaid. Everyone is equipped to continue living their best life. So hurry and download the Globe One app to register to the new Go50 and other Go promos with bigger data. The promo runs from June 16th to September 30th, 2020 per DTI at Fairtrade permit number FTEB. 100580 series of 2020. Go for more with Globe prepaids. Go 50. Oh, my reading isn't strong today. Um, yeah, so are we ready? Let's take a break uh, a little early. Hopefully, we can have Senator Sunny Angara here as, when we return. We keep saying hopefully and all of that stuff, and we're kind of worried. We're not as confident as the Gibby when we book guests. I think we might tell you guys about that if he doesn't show up here in a bit to give you a reason. Um, but there's no reason to think also. I mean, he is cool guy senator. That's what's kind of uh, great about Sunny Angara is he kind of relates to the youth. I think he's a real kind of... Oh, wait, um, he's there. Yeah, we'll take a break and then we'll have him after after the break. Awesome. Look, so he has entered the waiting room. Yeah. Oh, relax. you heave a sigh of relief. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, you know, you know, I've always looked at him as a cool guy. I've always yeah. admired Senator Sanyangara. So, yeah, I, I had all faith that he was going to be here all today. Right. So, we'll take that commercial break. Take the we'll break. be right back. Sunny on the show. See Hang you later, on. guys. Stay there. Follow us on social media at Super Team 899, at DJ Mo Twister, at CJ 899, at Susie 899, and at Casey Montero. Hello. Right, welcome back to the show. We are hitting just about 8 a.m. in Manila on this Wednesday morning. Every now and then through the years on the show, even though it's a pop radio station, we will bring in some of the country's leaders to talk shop. Um, it's kind of nice because, I mean, I understand that when you're in politics and when, you, when you're kind of uh, very much uh, a public figure, the, the rounds on the a.m. and the news channels probably just is incorporated in your daily skit and to, to, for, for senators or just any kind of government leader to come on a pop FM radio station, we so appreciate it because sometimes, yeah, it's just kind of not usually part of the agenda. So uh, to, to, to talk to at least our demographic, our listeners from all over the world here this morning, please welcome Sunny Angara. Senator, thanks for being on the show, brother. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me, DJ Mo, uh, Susie and CJ, and uh, to all the listeners, good morning. Yeah, Bam, Bam used to co-host the show with us while he was a senator. And then when he uh, didn't get re-elected anymore, we just left him. Like, hey, Bam, you can't be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke. No, Bam, Bam, Bam. <laughs> That's a joke. Bam, if you're listening, we love you. You're part of us. You're always be part of us. That's a, that's a joke. So, Sonny, essentially what I'm trying to say is, like, I'm offering you a job already uh, at our station only until you're a senator, and then <laughs> <laughs> I got five years. You know, I got five years. So. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> uh, you're, you're a young guy, so I'm sure you have, a, and you're you're a good senator, so I'm sure you're gonna have a, you know, you're gonna be there till till uh, you're one point centuryless age. Oh my god! <laughs> In fact, I don't even Thank know if you want to be there as yeah. long as <laughs> my doctors might disagree. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let me start this all real quick, though, Sunny, because I've had you before on, on basketball TV shows. This is the first time we're actually going to sit here and talk about the country. Talk, we'll talk basketball, too. We'll talk about yourself. We'll talk about what you're into, especially in helping the country as we move forward. Um, 
through everything that's going on. Uh, but before we get to neck deep into that, I just want to say I've always admired your father's impressive vintage map collection. I don't know how many people know about that. I mean, in the map community, he's the dawn, man. He is like the oh, Really? Wow. Yeah. Like, yeah, wow, that's great. amazing. He let it out. map community? <laughs> oh, there's a vintage map community that I dabble in a little bit. And he's... The man. Wow. That's nice to hear, you know? Because he it, it started out like I guess like everybody else, like a like a hobby. He used yeah. to visit us when we were studying in, in the UK. And there's a market there, a street market, Portobello Market near Notting Hill. Right, right, right. Where yeah. um on Saturdays. And that's where it started. And he started knowing the guys who, who sold it and he they started knowing him, they started building up a relationship and he said, you know, if anything comes up for Asia and the Philippines, let me know and kind of reserve it for me. So that that's how it started. And oh, and wait. over the course of a decade, because we yeah. were, were four siblings. So, you know, we studied there and he'd be coming in and out to visit us. So, you know, if you can imagine how many weekends that was. Yeah. And, and that, that's amazing because that I hear a story like that, which I didn't know that. I hear a story like that and I'm thinking, man, your dad probably got the best maps on the cheap. Like there are maps that I always have my eyes on and they're easy, easy in the hundreds of thousands of pesos. And like your father, I'm always targeting Philippine maps, some of the regional stuff. And... Uh, I mean, we're talking maps, 1500, 1600, 1700s, real, real nice, nice kind of art pieces. And I, I've always been, I've always heard about his impressive collection, stuff that he lent out to museums. So you knew he was the man when museums were asking for some of his stuff. And I don't know, again, I, I'm not sure how much of that is public knowledge, but he had a killer vintage map collection. So. Thank you. He put I, some I in a book. Of... Yeah, he, he yeah. put out a book, Mapping the Philippines. Yes, uh, <laughs> he did. He did. Wow. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah. yeah. So a lot Super. of the maps are there. Okay, good. All right, anyway, I just wanted to get that out. So uh, thank first you, and thank foremost, you. Uh, you look healthy. Obviously, I know you're one of kind of the early uh, big names that acquired the COVID-19. I think Zubidi was probably one of the top ones initially. Um, and then, of course, you were there. How do you feel? I know this is a question you probably get asked every single day, but we're very interested. How, how do you feel now? I'm feeling good, uh, guys. Thanks for asking. Uh, I think I'm fully recovered. In fact, I put on maybe 20 pounds since I left the hospital in early April because yeah. uh, my appetite returned. And, you know, <laughs> combine that with a kind of sedentary lifestyle of, uh, of COVID and your kind of, you know, Netflix and popcorn and all this. So, yeah. <laughs> no, no, plus no basketball. You can figure it out, you know. So, what was uh, your goal? What was, your go-to show? what was your go-to show during the whole uh, recovery quarantine stuff when you're on Netflix? Like, what were you watching? Good uh, there's quite a few. I think Homeland. Homeland was, uh, was a big yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was a bit late to the party, but, but wow. That, that's a show that it really sucks you in. You know? <laughs> how, how accurate do you think the stuff that goes on in Homeland is what's actually going on in government? Um, I know, obviously, you're in Philippine government, and Homeland is very much centered around the Middle East and U.S. government affairs and stuff. But do you are there any shows, uh, whether it be House of Cards? Because I know I remember President U.S. President Obama. I think said House of Cards was pretty close to what really goes on in U.S. government. But can you speculate, or maybe even in your experience with Philippine government and your travels, meeting world leaders and stuff like that, is there a show out there that most resembles you think real life? I think House of Cards at the start, the first maybe the first two seasons was really good, and then they got into the fantasy. Then there was a lot of flashback and fantasy, and then it kind of became more uh, fanciful. And I don't think it, it was too realistic. But uh, I think a lot of it is 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 realistic. But uh, you know, 
like Homeland, it got a little, a little bit Superman stuff already in the end, you know, like three terrorists taking on the whole Russian Secret Service. That was kind of hard to believe already. Right, right. Um, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, one, one, one Russian guy taking on a whole uh, helicopter landing full of Marines. And, yeah, <laughs> but, but great show, great show. Easily in my top five, so I'm glad that you uh, were a part of that. Um, back to the Amazing. Corona thing real quick. Um, you know, as a country, you're obviously you're a senator. You, you're, you're privy to more information than we are as the public. How do you think we're faring in this battle? Uh, it is a worldwide battle, a very interesting time to be alive. Um, I personally lost my brother-in-law to it, so it's been very hard in our, on our household and our family. Um, we, we saw Harry Roque, uh, was it about a week ago? How the hell did he say it? Um, <laughs> enthusiastically, enthusiastically saying we're winning. Would you agree? Congratulations, Philippines, yeah, I think, yeah. for the words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think, which I think was is, an unguarded moment for him, I think, definitely. Yeah, I'm sure he um, wants to take that back. But do, do yeah. you think that we're winning, or how do you feel we're faring? I thought, I thought um, we did well in the first two, three months, but I think we need to step up our game because we're coming into a new arena, which is, you know, um, coming emerging from quarantine. And it's easy when you're in a lockdown because no one's allowed out. But now that everyone's allowed out, it seems that we let down our guard. And I think um, there has to be some strong messages in place, like just saying, telling people, guys, you know, the party's not over yet, you know, and it's getting worse. It's like uh, the epidemiologists are telling us it's three to five times more infectious. So, right, you know, right, right. Um, basics, the basics. It's not, it's not, it's not rocket science, guys, no? So um, wearing of masks, distancing... Uh, washing your hands, the basics are still there, and I think um, I think we've plateaued as far as certain uh, fundamentals are concerned. Like if you're talking about contact tracing, I don't think we've stepped up our game there. I think there's a lot to improve there. Testing has improved visibly. I mean, from right. eight thousand a month and a half ago, we're, da- we're up to thirteen thousand. So I think that, that that's okay. We're on the right trajectory there. Still a few. Uh, we're still a bit slow with the the new and the old. It's still a bit. Uh, a bit uh, delayed, but uh, I think that one is we're, we're on the right track there. But contact tracing, in terms of it being real time, in terms of us having a comprehensive approach and really casting a net and trying to limit uh, to limit the spread of it, I think I think that's that's probably our biggest uh, room for improvement. And in terms of quarantine, I think a lot of provinces still don't have quarantine facilities. So when we open up, you know, the next big step is when you open up for domestic tourism. Yeah. I think that that you, you need to have those quarantine facilities in every province because what are you going to do at the border when someone tests positive and there's no quarantine facility, right? Uh, we, we saw, and I want to know if you agree with some of uh, your Senator peers, uh, even say a Chief Escudero, who I guess I, I know you don't work with anymore, but we had, we saw Sherwin Gachalian in around the late May, early June tweet out something to the effect, and I'll paraphrase, uh, Senator, that the virus is out there. There is no vaccine. Nothing has changed. We're opening up the country for the sake of the economy, people's jobs, and livelihood. And the responsibility now rests on each and every Filipino. Uh, it, what I hear is you guys are on your own. Bahala na kayo. We've seen both Sherwin and Chi say that, that, hey, we're not, like you're saying, we're not ready for, for what's going on. But we can't keep our country closed. Economics is really, really important. I acknowledge that. Uh, do you feel the same way that, like, guys, sorry, bahala na kayo, citizens, we're out. We got, we got to, you know, we're, we're out. <laughs> it's essentially how we're. <laughs> no, Dino, man, Dino, man. I think, I think, I don't think it's totally incompatible, no one, to say 
you guys, let's be more responsible. I think that's what they're trying to say, really. Let's be more responsible. Let's let's uh, make sure we don't let down our guard. I think that's what they they were probably trying to say. And uh, in terms of the economy, yes, it's very important. I think we've seen. We, um, we don't want to see um, more unemployment. We don't want to see more small businesses going down. I think we know that's the next step. You know, it, it hasn't really hit us yet. You know, that wave. But but uh, I mean, the unemployment figures of the last presentation of NEDA were the worst ever. So right. seven million unemployed Filipinos. So that's crazy, you know. Uh, 70%, sorry, 70%. So, um, th- th- I mean, we were going down already and now we're back up, obviously, like every country. But uh, so so I think, you know, it's okay to call for personal responsibility and to, to remind people. I think that's needed. In fact, I'd like to see um, government media outlets and, and even uh, private media outlets kind of make that call. Guys, you know, let's let's remind, just to remind people, you know. We're we're out there, but you know it's 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 not a party. You know it it, it uh, we gotta we gotta make sure that the, all the precautions we were all this all the all the safety nets we had before we don't let them down. You know? And I think and, and this was an opinion of mine early on in this. I didn't think that this pandemic was going to grow into the monster that it is right now, but I knew it was going to be serious. And I'm just again speaking about my own personal opinion, not that I'm a know-it-all. Right? I'm not. Right? I'm sorry about but your I brother-in-law, thought, Mo. I'm sorry to yeah, hear about that. Yeah, I appreciate that. that. Yeah, no, my wife is. <laughs> Right before you got on, I just saw she cries every day about it. So it's tough. It really is. But I think we should take advantage of this moment to learn a lot about ourselves as a country, as humanity, as a world. Um, I think we can learn a little bit more about emergency preparedness, the uh, effectivity of work from home, which I want you to talk about a little bit later, because this was a great moment to test that, right? To test, is this a viable option for the country, which I think a lot of people feel, yes, I mean, we can decongest our city if we work from home. And if companies can use this as a testing for it, then absolutely, let's do it. And again, I want, to, I want you to touch up on that a little bit later. But we can, as a population, as Filipinos, learn to be more clean, learn to be at all with science. We learn to not stupidly eat exotic animals, right? We, we know how to work with countries. We... We now know how to understand world fragility, diba. Uh, what, what do you think some of the wins, if there is anything in this, as a country, as a humanity that, that we've taken from this experience? Well, I think hopefully it's the realization that we're all in it together and like we kind of uh, rise and fall, rise or fall as one. Because if yeah. one doesn't take personal responsibility, then he can infect his household, he can infect his lolo, his lola. Uh, you know, so everyone has to kind of be careful. We're all kind of interdependent. It, it emphasizes that interdependency. And we were all kind of, because of social media, uh, we all kind of turned into um, how many? Five billion islands, you know? So I think, uh, and I noticed that in my family. We're a family of five. I have three kids. And, you know, I, I'd hardly see my two teenage kids. And uh, I think this, that leads me to my second point is kind of, I think family, family life has been emphasized even more. And of yeah. course, the um, the religious people will say, "Hey, God's telling you something. You know, you, you gotta spend more time as a family." And and I think people, whether we admit it or not, we become more prayerful. Whatever our religion is, I think um, you hear these stories. You've seen the the messages going around about uh, people who weren't religious before. They kind of become religious now. I don't know if that's true, you know. But uh, as I certainly started praying the rosary a lot more than I used uh, in the last decade. So. Um, and I think you've seen you've seen these little communities sprout up all over. So it kind of restores your faith in humanity a little bit because 
um, you realize that people want to be there for others and uh, they they want to bring meaning to their experience, you know. And what brings meaning is like kind of sharing, this, you know, it could be as as, as uh, medyo mababaw na yung ito, masarap ng kinain ko o baka gusto nyo, ganyan, di ba? And, pe- you know, I have neighbors sending food to me more often than in the last decade, you know. Um, yeah. Every week someone sends uh, some cupcake he made or some some uh, chocolate crinkles or something like that, you know. I mean, it's a small, it's a small thing, but but I think <laughs> hence, hence the hopefully we can build on chocolate crinkles. You know? <laughs> hence the game, Sunny, right? <laughs> crinkles, cupcakes, and bread. Probably not. Yeah, but, but, but I, I gotta tell him to stop now. You know, looking at my yeah. stomach. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I love your office, man. I see a Jason Tatum uh, jersey in the back. Yeah, I see yeah. thing. I know you're a huge basketball Jordan, fan. I, I touched it up a little bit for the show, you know, guys. I, I just uh, cleaned it up and uh, there was a whole bunch of junk, believe me. <laughs> put out the jump, man, so it looks good, you know. Is, is that even yours? Oh, there's Yes, Casey. yes. Hi, Casey. Hi, hi. Hi, hi, hi. Sorry, that is, I'm that is mine. I... That is mine. That was given to me yeah, by a friend. There was a... So... Bit of traffic uh, in the master yeah. bedroom, and then there is an accident in the kitchen. So I'm here now. <laughs> Good morning, Case. <laughs> Sounds like Ensa. Um, Sunny, from every now and then, because I get, I don't, I don't want you to just sit here and then we'll just talk government, government, government politics. So let's kind of change it up. Maybe we'll take a little bit of break every, you know, 15, 20 minutes to talk about some fun stuff. Uh, the Celtics, how do you like their chances coming up in the NBA season? Um, we're a few weeks away, finally, from getting our sports back. Um, it's scary. We were seeing players from all teams seem to come down with a positive test here. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets probably hurting more than, than, than anybody else. But how, how do you like your Celtics? Um, are, are you in agreement that the NBA should be back? Are they in all of it? Let's, let's chat a little NBA here, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure, sure. First of all, is that your team, the Brooklyn Nets? Are you afraid? Are you ashamed of the Knicks? That's why you're, you you spoke about the Nets because you, you look like a New York guy, but you started talking about the Nets, you know. So I, I don't know. No, I understand. I just started talking about the Celtics. I might have I might have touched the nerve there. I'm sorry. But, uh... No, I, I, I don't have a favorite team. Uh, my favorite team, like Casey here, we're huge Seattle SuperSonics fans. Of course, the Sonics have been gone for a little over ten years now. So it, like Casey, and Casey, you probably could speak for yourself, but I have not found a new team. I, I just I thought I would, you know, early on in the Warriors' success because I was a big Steph Curry fan before they got really good, and then they got really good, and I got kind of ashamed of being a fan of theirs. So I just kind of <laughs> dialed back a little bit. Um, I like players now instead of teams because again, our team is not there. So I'm a Luca, clearly Luca fan. Love Pau Gasol celebrated his birthday yesterday. Um, that's who I root for. So I, I root for certain players now. Yeah, um, I was just kidding. I was just kidding. Yeah. That's, no, no, that's no, a long no. explanation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, no, no. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's a little defensive, no, uh-huh. <laughs> My loyalty. Said, yeah. No, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's what, that's where I'm at. But I know you specifically, huge Celtics fan. Um, they've got a great team. I think Tatum is an all NBA level player. I, th- I, I would even put him as all NBA second team this year. I think wow, he's improved wow. so greatly this year. You must be happy about that. But how do you, how I do am, you look, I am, because uh, like he had that. a step back last season, so I'm really happy. He's he's the player everyone thought his ceiling would reach, and of course he hasn't reached that ceiling, you know. But uh, yeah. I, I think the Celtics have a good chance. I think they just have to get past the Bucks. Bucks are are, are a big team, and I know for some reason Chris Middleton shoots like 75 percent of the playoffs against the Celtics all the time. So I think we gotta watch that, and um, they're a bit tall, you know. I mean, our tallest guy is like maybe. In, in his canter, who can play like six minutes. So uh, right. after that, 
Daniel Tice, who's really a power forward more than anything. He's much right. Yeah, and and, and Kansas atrocious on defense. In fact, I worry not even for the Bucks too much. Asen, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I worry for the 76ers for you guys. I think historically Embiid has crushed you. Um, and, and to see him in a series when those guys have gotten healthy and Al Horford has been able to um, maybe rest his sore Achilles, that you guys are going to have problems. I, I think Embiid is the second best player in the Eastern Conference outside of Giannis. And if you're going to be putting cancer on, on him, you you know you could get in trouble. But the 76ers, perennial underachievers, could completely get swept by the Celtics at the same time. You know, They'll screw uh, it up. They'll screw it up. They've never beat us yet. They're going to screw it up. But, but, but in the playoffs with the shorter rotations, where the, where the starters play heavier minutes, I think they could be a problem for you guys as well. Though, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I want the Celtics uh, to, to start – you know, kind of getting back to that Celtics glory. Um, I wasn't a fan of that KG, uh, Paul Pierce group, but I like this group. So I really, really wish them the best. Um, do you think the NBA is a little too premature, though, coming back? Do you think, um, or do you think, as Adam Silver said, we just have to learn to adapt to this COVID thing and, and life's got to move forward? I haven't been keeping tabs, but last week, Florida was the biggest, was the most transmissions, I think. So sure. I think they got to watch out for that, you know? So... Um, but 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 to a certain extent, what Adam Silver said is true. I mean, you gotta make the decision and and go forward because it's not something you can do a week ahead, you know. And it's something uh, kind of they put into place, and uh, um, they just have to kind of yeah yeah they kind of have to have backup plans, I think, and in yeah. terms of players, because at the rate players are are uh, either opting out or or catching the, the bug, you know, it's it's uh, something they have to prepare for. But I'm looking forward to it. I certainly miss sports. Uh, during this, and I, I see CJ wearing the Bulls cap. I mean, last dance got us through like how many weeks of, of quarantine? You know? Right, that's, that's right. It's a good point. Absolutely. It got us through the quarantine, but it hasn't got us through the drought of championships for the Bulls. So it's it's really sad, but it's, <laughs> it's okay. gonna be a while siege. It's, it's gonna, gonna be a while. while. Yeah, I know. It's okay. <laughs> Just watch last dance and think like it's today. <laughs> <laughs> I read something that you almost got LeBron, you almost got Dwayne Wade and and, and uh, Chris Bosh back in 2012. I, it's an interesting backstory where uh, um, they were both in Chicago, but and but Chicago was only willing to sign up two superstars, whereas <laughs> Miami was the only team with with three. So I mean that's an interesting that that's an interesting what could have been, you know? Yeah, yeah but, but but did it? <laughs> it didn't happen. So. <laughs> Yeah, uh, join me on the Brooklyn bandwagon <laughs> next year. KD, all right. Uh, I know you said you haven't been playing basketball because of obviously the pandemic and stuff. Uh, you, you were telling me off air that you play twice a week, uh, Sunny. What's your what's your go to move, man? Like, what, 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 what do people fear about you on the court? Uh, I think it's it's the weight, the added weight, more than anything. You know, uh, <laughs> when they they, they don't want to get in contact with the. With the twenty pounds, no, no. I'm um, I don't know. I think I have a good mid range, a uh, bit old school. Uh, I got a good first step, I think. Decent, decent, not good, but decent first step. Yeah. I, I don't have these uh, new age moves of kind of you know crossover spin move Kyrie Irving type stuff. You know that that that, that just wasn't alive in my generation. Are, are you the That's best? Uh, are you are you the best balling senator? I, I know obviously Manny played in the professional league, but he sucks. Like, are you? Can you take him down? Oh God! First of all, Manny does not get tired. I swear to God. The coach wanted to replace him after a one uh, after the first quarter, and he said, "No, I'm good." You know, he's like he didn't even sit down on the bench. Ridiculous. 
No, but I mean, he's got that weird looking. I mean, I'm, not, I'm just, I'm just. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the form is the form is kind of. Yeah, it's back here. It, it, it's kind of it's kind of great kind of five, soccer, you know. Like but Senator Joel sport. is a baller. Senator Joel is a baller. He he bowled for the UST uh, varsity back oh. in the day. So so he's he's got a lot of game still. Who's this? Sorry, and then I... Senator Bongo has the good shot. Oh, Senator oh, Bongo is like oh, a, oh, is like oh, a dead oh. shot. Yeah. Bongo's a baller. He's yeah, a big he's, fan he's, he's of got, the game too. Shot. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. Really? Well, that's where that extra twenty pounds can go. I didn't know that Bongo had little as a jumper. That's awesome, man. He's, he's got a good shot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, let's. I'll take that. Um, Wait. If you could, if you could assemble your uh, Senate dream team, who would it be? Wow, you gotta have uh, Jaworski there somewhere, you know. Yeah. Like living legend. The living legend. You know. Right. Um, Jaworski, Freddie Webb, fast break. Freddie's gotta be there. Webb's there. And good answers. Um, I put Senator Joel, a former U.S. varsity guy. Uh, Ambrosio Padilla was uh who's who's not known to the new generation, but he was an Olympian. He was a Philippine uh, national team oh, member, uh, and not wow. just for basketball. I think for others as well. I have to check on that. But uh, he was comes from a day when people did a lot of stuff. You know, there was no internet back then. Um, and maybe Manny, Manny and Bong as as the as the fifth guy. You know, so there you go. <laughs> together, <laughs> together. <laughs> they, 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 Casey's face. It's just, really? course, the ages don't quite mix, you know. The ages don't quite mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, yeah, that's a ball in, uh, pass it to the midfielder. Oh no, that's a shot. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know we make fun of Bato a little bit, but I feel like Bato on the court could be a monster if he wanted to. You know, yeah, that he's like, he's like Barkley. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's very well built. I think I think he still goes to the gym. You know. Yeah, that guy's that guy is packed pretty like like a like a rhino. He's just you had him on the show, right? <laughs> You guys had him on the show? Uh, no, no. I want but yeah. on the show. I, I don't think I think they're <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I don't think he'll ever accept, honestly. <laughs> but Seriously, he's a fun he's a very funny guy. I think he would accept if you invited him. Man, is he smart? Yeah. Is he smart? <laughs> he's 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 quite smart. He's a street smart guy. He's not the, he's he's he'll be the first to tell you, you know, he 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 hasn't read a lot of books on politics or, or law, but Lovely. You, you you talk to him and you you know he he sees a quick study and he he sees things that we don't quite see because of his experience as oh, as police chief. What 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 about Bato? Do you like as a senator? Because I'll be let's just be transparent, right? Because we're not big fans, and and I think that's okay to say that, right? I mean, it's it's a democracy. We should be able to say things like that. We're not big fans. Is there something we're missing uh, that you see um, regarding him? Because honestly, I. I only speaking for myself, and I don't know how Susie and Casey and, and CJ feel, but I think he might be, in my opinion, real bottom of the barrel of, of, of the recent senators that I've just been experienced with in the past couple of decades. Is there something I'm missing about him? Is he very compassionate? Is he very, um, is he a hard worker? Is like, sell me on Bato a little bit if you can. Well, he's a funny guy. I think that's that's what most awesome. people would say about him. <laughs> no, no. He's a hard worker. You mentioned him being a hard worker. He's yeah. always there in session, actually. He's he's. He's always there. I, I never see him absent. And uh, a lot of the committee hearings, which to many senators are kind of boring and they don't want to sit through because there's a lot of resource persons. He's very active there as well. So I think um, I think it's way too early to judge him because it's what? It's one year into his term. And that, that one year is for most newbies. It was for me is a learning period. So I think 
Um, there's a there's for most senators there's a growth period I think, okay. and you can yeah. only really kind of judge them after two three years because a year a law doesn't get passed in one year really. I yeah. mean yeah. most laws take 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 uh, two or three years because they have to pass the House of Representatives as well. They have to pass the Senate. So after one year, it's it's way too early. It's like a basketball game in the first half, you know. I love that answer. Okay, you know, I'll take that. I love that answer. I'll take it. Um, on the 30th of June, which is about a week ago, you tweeted out, it's painful to watch the government be the cause of so much suffering and hardship for thousands of ordinary working Filipinos. This is in reference to the whole EBS-CBN fiasco. Uh, what do you mean by that when you say it's painful to watch the government? So you're in the government. When you say it's painful for the government that you're a part of, who are you really talking about? Who are you targeting here? And, and, and you know, Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Well, that was uh, that was right after the NTC issued a cease and desist order against yeah. uh, Sky Sky Channels. And don't forget, in May they already shut down uh, ABS-CBN, the, the channel two. Yeah. And now they shut down Sky. So um, I just want to come clear. My wife works in ABS-CBN, so it's it's uh, I know about these things, and I know about a lot of friends of ours are losing jobs. And she was telling me there's different levels, you know, and and. Uh, there's there's big layoffs now and and there's really a lot of people I see it on the inside there's a lot of people who can't sleep at night and are worried for their families and I said that the government knowing and I, I got a lot of flack for that because uh, I got a not necessarily flack I mean I got praise too but I got I got a lot of reactions because of that what yeah. I said and uh, yeah. I felt a little helpless in a way because the Senate can't act until Congress gives the franchise and I know the senators are sympathetic to like the 11,000 or how many it is employees of ABS-CBN. It's not so much for um, the company or for the owners. It's more for, it's kind of the wrong timing, guys. And, yep. uh, you know, we're in the middle of the pandemic. We're trying to save jobs. And here is one thing where the rule of uh, the doctors probably applies. Like, first rule is don't do any harm, right? And here we are. All we have to do is sign a paper and say, okay, or not even that. NTC just has to say, okay, I'll give you till 2022 when... When Congress stops deliberating on your franchise or before they start or before they give you the franchise. But if they don't give you that franchise by 2022, then sorry, we have to tell you guys to stop operating because that's what they did for every company before ABS-CBN. That's another thing. You know, I also tweeted that. Wow. Look Mm -hmm. at this double standard. There's like maybe 15 companies that were allowed to operate on provisional basis and ABS-CBN was singled out. So you know, I mean, and is is ABS singled out? Because obviously, the woke the woke crowd, right, on Twitter, they're very much uh, in. A lot of them are in the camp that okay, you pissed off the president, you're not good with the president, now you suffer, uh, you get singled out. Do you think it is them not seeing eye to eye with the president, the administration, that gets them into this much trouble? For sure. I mean, did you see? I don't think the other media companies got this much uh, scrutiny. Although Sec- uh, Secretary Roque said. The president is neutral, but having said that, I mean, the people around him clearly aren't. Like, uh, why did Solicitor General Kalida file that motion in the Supreme Court for ABS-CBN in particular? Why didn't he file it for the other franchises? If you really wanted to be fair about and legal about it, you know, I mean, that's that's men of justice kind of have to treat people the same way, right? You know, why single out this company? And and if it happens to be one of the most vocal companies, and you know, I mean, that's the sad thing about this. Right. And the president has in the past said, and that's kind of what's hard with the president sometimes, is he says really tough talk stuff. He has said on numerous occasions that he will make sure that ABS you know, goes down. And th- these are things that have been said in the past uh, by him. So I'm glad that you, you feel that way. I mean, at least I'm glad you're openly feeling that way, that you think if you're not in line with him, that this might be 
bit of a personal vendetta. And even though they say otherwise, um, do you see a bright future or a light at the end of the tunnel for ABS? Or you think they're going to be gone for a bit? Well, depends what's your long-term horizon. I think in the long term, they'll be, they'll be okay, you know. But the next two years, I don't think they're looking good for them, to be honest. Wow, really? Oh, gosh. Sometimes I always, I always get the impression it's going to be like a few months and then people are going to forget. Yeah. We'll see them back. But two years is quite a bit for, for, for a juggernaut of a media uh, outlet. And it's, not, it's not just the employees, uh, guys. No, it's, it's also the kind of their – I mean, they're, they're, they're like – you could say they're half the industry, you know. Cause, right. And you're talking about all the freelancers, I mean, who produce videos for them. You're talking about the, you know, the, the, the crew. You're talking about the crew members. Not all of them are regular employees. So all these guys who work day to day, you know, they, they're so dependent on the shows, all the creatives who do the trailers, things like that. Even the caterers, you know, that, I mean, if you have thousands of employees, that's a lot of food. That's a lot of, that's a lot of trickle down, you know? So, um, yeah. I guess, I guess, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of sad because, all the government has to do is kind of say, "Okay, let's just let's kick the can along for the next two years, and then and we'll de- then we'll decide on you. Then we'll let we'll let we'll let uh, that sort of Damocles fall as it as it may, you know. But 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 they're really kind of singling out. I think in the case of ABS, and it's it's I don't think it's fair at all. And I I know that you brought up employees, and then I know in your tweet you were talking about just Filipinos in general who rely on that. To feel good, all right? I mean, we need as much feel-good stuff as we can get, exactly. considering yeah. the amount of poverty that we have, the challenges that the everyday Filipino, uh, especially the less fortunate, have. And removing that from their everyday life, I think, is really uh, kind of a, a disservice. Um, and then, of course, there's, just, there's a huge population of people online that feel we are moving further away from a democracy, closer towards maybe even a dictatorship, uh, when things like this happen to media outlets. Does that... Does that kind of resonate with you as well? Uh, again, I know you brought up Filipinos and the employees, but what about just a democracy and, and how that might affect just freedom? Uh, I think, well, I think it was JFK, John F. Kennedy, who said that uh, it's not a one-time... I, 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 he said it much better than me, but I, I'm just paraphrasing here. It's yeah. not a one-time thing, democracy. It's, it's a daily effort. That's what he said. So daily, yeah. you got to make the effort to make that democracy work. And I think... Um, now we're, it's kind of a pendulum swinging, you know, and now it's swinging in the, it's swinging in the direction kind of of uh, extremism and radicalism and strong views. Kind of subtlety is not appreciated nowadays. I think if you look at the states, that's that's what's happening. I mean, yeah. Mo, you, you, you right, you've right. lived there for a while, so you can probably see that. And the country is very divided, and I think yeah. to a certain extent, you see it. You see that being shadowed or reflected here in the Philippines. You see a lot of name calling. You see a lot of. Um, very, um, there's not a lot of bipartisan efforts. There's a lot of, uh, uh, and, and maybe in the Philippines, we having a multi-party system helps in that sense because then it's not just the same two guys fighting each other all the time, you know. But but maybe people realize that because because of our experience with multi-party, we've always had a minority president. Minority in the sense that they never got more than fifty percent. So yeah. even the most popular presidents, whether it's Duterte, Noy Noy, or Erap at the most got 41%. So there's always the realization that you kind of have to reach out, which maybe is not present in other uh, democracies where there's just uh, two or three fixed actors or parties. Right. Um, I, again, I'm just going to, what I want to address a lot of the stuff that we see online. Again, Sonny, you're a cool guy, Senator, right? Like that's something I kind of uh, labeled you as. I see you on Twitter a lot. So you're very, you, you interact a lot with 
with the demographic there. And I really appreciate that. And, and you know, you don't do the Trump thing, right? Which is kind of just bad mouth everybody. You do, in fact, do have a lot of range. Um, there are a lot of people, again, on social media that feel like we are getting closer and closer to being a province of China. Um, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. In fact, I think I tweeted out a video. Let me play it for you here, uh, Senator. This is President Duterte. And I don't know if he's joking around or not, but let, let, let's go ahead and kind of hear what he says here. And I don't even know when this was, but it's really more the merit of what he's saying. Two-thirds amin, one-third. Mayaman naman kayo. Tsaka provincia na kami. Province of Philippines, Republic of China. So, so you know, a, a line like that can really spark a lot of opinions, no? Um, he goes on to say in that clip that the Chinese building military bases uh, in, the, in the Philippines is not for our benefit at all. It's for them to if ever get into armed conflict with the United States, that they'll use us as a venue to, to defend their country, which obviously we have sovereignty issues uh, with that. Uh, how do you feel about statements like that? Do you think our alignment with China is dangerous for us? Or, and do you feel like it's a little excessive? Uh, I think there are benefits in terms of the economy, probably in terms of tourism before the pandemic, because uh, I think there's uh, the, the Chinese market is 200 million tourists. So I think we got a little bit of that. And uh, I think uh, we got we doubled our Chinese tourist arrival. So that's one tangible uh, benefit. But uh, in terms of I, China's construction in, in the West Philippine Sea, it hasn't stopped, right? So I, I, that's not a good thing. And uh, really, really, um, I think we got to be careful there. I mean, this incident with the, the 14 fishermen uh, disappearing and, you know, there's a lot of lip service, but we don't really know what happened. So... I think uh, we still got to talk to our Asian neighbors who have common interests with us and try to... ASEAN's been a slow-burning affair, and but but I think it's still worthwhile to kind of... Because of the different cultures, it's a bit harder than the EU to kind of integrate and come up with common positions. But I think it's try it's worthwhile. Um, you know, back in the Cold War, you had the non-aligned movement or the NAM, which is kind of countries who weren't happy being forced to take sides. I think yeah. there's room for that kind of movement with the U.S.-China relations, you know, I um I don't know if anyone's looking towards that kind of movement, but but I think there is, there. I mean, not everyone is happy um, being in in the orbit of one or the other. Well, when he says statements like that, though, and and of course the president has said a lot of outrageous things uh, through the few years now that, or as we get past the halfway point, I think, right, of his presidency, he's had said a lot of really kind of wild things. Do, do you ever find yourself face palming and going, oh God? Uh, that was just so offensive or, oh, geez, like, I, I mean, what are your reactions when you hear some of the more abrasive stuff? You know, unlike unlike uh, many of our countrymen who kind of uh, their first because uh, because uh, President Duterte was like a comet, you know, a shooting a shooting star out of the blue from from local politics to national politics. Unlike many, I was familiar with his rhetoric already in Davao because I would sub for my father uh, back yeah. in 2007 uh, when he ran his last run for the Senate. And I, I was, and he said to a crowd, "Pi nyo, pag hindi nyo binoto to, yung tatay nito, patayin ko kayo, hanapin ko kayo, balik kayo, patayin ko kayo." And then I had my face palm movement moment. But this was back in 2007 on a stage in Davao, and it was very strange because I was on a stage with 20 candidates for 10 positions, and they all wanted his endorsement, and I had never seen anything like that. 
usually a can a mayor a mayoral candidate will have 12 guys running for 12 seats but there were 20 guys on that stage running for 12 seats and i was like is this for real this is weird <laughs> so back even back even then i realized okay things are this is not business as usual this is this is a bit they run things a bit differently here you know so I, so I, I had I an inkling already back that back then in 2007. It was because I I can was, imagine like you're like oh no thank you I think <laughs> like oh, oh but at least these 20 ago. guys will be carrying me you know yeah <laughs> um, that's really really funny uh, wild story you know both of you you're like thanks. <laughs> Like, oh, he said it, not me, but what he said. <laughs> Sunny, Sunny, one more. Let, can we tackle one more topic? We'll take a break after that, and then I want to talk about kind of things that you're really involved in. I, I always want to give the senators that come on the show a chance to really talk about what their plans are personally. Uh, their, you know, whether it's campaign season or if they're sitting uh, senators. I think you guys push for certain individual specific things. And I will definitely want to give you a chance to kind of talk about that. But before we get to that, obviously, terror bill, anti-terror bill, huge, 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 biggest story in the country. Earlier, you were talking about, um, oh God, what, what did you say? Where, what, why, why the timing? <laughs> we're talking about ABS, right? Yeah, oh, hold on. Like, just the questioning the timing of even the ABS, TVN stuff. This one, massive question of timing. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Numbers are skyrocketing wow, why, what, like, do we have a terrorism problem that we need to address right now? Uh, I believe you voted for it. Is that, is that yes, right? I did. I did. I did yeah, vote for it. Please help them because again, I would say around the room, we're, we're pretty against this. Uh, sell me, sell me, sell me your vote. Well, why'd you do it? Well, we had the human security act, which was passed when I was a congressman in 2007. And there were already big debates back then. And it was really a non-operational law because, there were so many safeguards, uh, checks and balances that the law became ineffective because um, to charge somebody for terrorism, you had to charge him for another charge for either sedition or something else before that. There was like a predicate crime. It was it operated like our, our money laundering law where you have a predicate crime before you can charge uh, the main crime. So so the only we only in those uh, in 13 years, we had one prosecution for terrorism and we've had so many acquittals because of the difficulty of getting a conviction and definitely we've had a lot of terrorist uh, activity uh, in that time Marawi uh, the bus bomb uh, back during the Arroyo presidency uh, n- numerous numerous uh, too many that I don't I don't really remember and the thing about timing I agree I mean the the the, the, the for it to come now is it's not great when the police are kind of in the news for not the right things but but the thing is the Senate discussed it late last year early this year so and when we were discussing it, no one was speaking out against it. So there was no there was no major uh, controversy against it back then. So which which probably if you look at the vote, there's 19 in favor and two against. So it wasn't a controversial or or, or divisive vote at all, guys. You know. And uh, what do you, you think triggered then all the noise that we're hearing now about, about the terror bill? Um, because it's a lot, and and you know it's it's coming from celebrities abroad you're taylor swift i mean there's 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 people getting involved that are not even filipinos because they they hear about it and they they find it to be uh, atrocious I, I mean it's it's funny because it's you know it's terror it's terror the bill itself right they feel like it's 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 actually really scary why do you think all the noise 
race all of a sudden has come up. Well, I, I, I'm trying to understand it also, and I think I think the Black Lives Matter uh, plays into it as well because I mean, like here in the Philippines, you had the the Manyanita party, you had the double stand, you had the police gunning down uh, Ragos, the 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 guy who was on meds and wasn't able yes. to take his meds, and they 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 said he had a gun when. And that's being disputed. They said the gun was planted on him. So you have these two incidents here in the Philippines. And in the States, you have uh, the Black Lives Matter. All these incidents, you know, that has brought out millions of Americans who wouldn't normally pick it. They brought them out in the streets. So the mood clearly is not receptive for kind of a uh, the giving of more power to authorities, you know. So yeah. I, I'm just trying to balance that out, the, the current mood with kind of what the country needs strategically going forward. Did we need a new anti-terror law? My answer has not changed. We still definitely need a new anti-terror law. Is this the new anti-terror law we need? Well, maybe that one, I'm not too sure, you know? And and we'll see how, we, how the police and the other actors, the National Security Council, are going to implement this law. Because, I mean, definitely all laws are, are, are open to abuse, I would say. But this one in particular, we have to be careful about. So we're keeping an eye on it. And the nice thing about our system is that we have the checks and balances. So now... I think four petitioners have gone to the Supreme Court, and you gotta love our system for that because they can question what the, the Congress has done, and they can correct anything uh, by declaring it unconstitutional. And another thing beyond that, the nice thing is that the Senate can actually amend something that it, it sees that is not working out. Uh, that's a nice thing, you know. It's, it's not a it's not a finished product. It's 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 an ongoing process. Like I said, like we were talking about democracy, it's also a daily effort, just like legislation. Do you do? Do you see what the what the fear is, though, from the people um, when you read it? I'm sure you get messages, man, whether it be on your personal phone or your Twitter or whatever. Do you see what it's about? What the noise is about? And do you acknowledge? Okay, I get what they're saying. Uh, I know you said about it's every law is open to abuses. And are we mature enough of, as a as a country as a um, you know as a, to, to execute this law without the abuses that everyone seems to be terrified about? Yeah, we uh, there are doubts. I know there are doubts, but we have to kind of be vigilant because uh, um, it's it's a very strict law. You know, there's an order of prescription where you can be held for 14 days. So I think uh, I mean that's it's from three days to 14 days. So I mean, you know, it's a big jump. And uh, but I think there's 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 a safeguard in the sense that it's not meant to uh, apply to activists. Uh, I think that was one of the fears of our. of our uh, our more vocal segments of society, civil society, even the environmentalists came out and said, "Hey, that might be used against us," you know. So I think I think on paper there is uh, um, there is uh, protection for these types for, for 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 vocal people, for for media people who who tend to get the ire of those in power, you know. There there is protection there, but we want to see how it operates. What will be the first few cases of terrorism? I mean, will they open it up? for public scrutiny to see that the law is being implemented properly. These are the questions that we, we will be asking going forward. You know, when you, you see the, the Marie Aressa thing happen and we, 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 as media people, we get terrified about, about, you know, this stuff, obviously we don't, we don't wield the same kind of influence that she has, but you know, we read this bill and we all sit here as a show and we go, are we going to change the way we behave on air and when we say behave i'm not talking about the naughty and the bustos i'm just even just giving our opinion we're all scared to be incarcerated held casey montero here was jailed last week for lining up um i'm not sure if you heard about it uh, for senator yeah, but i'm part of the the infamous 113 people that was uh 
pretty much falsely or uh, illegally arrested and uh, illegally detained for two days um, on a law that kind of just blankets everything, much like the anti-terror bill. I think this is RA-11332. So this thing is very vague and very open for interpretation. So it, they just kind of arrested every single person there, even to attend the delivery boys. Um, and we're still fighting that out. And that's probably too much for me to say right now. But yeah, right. so it's uh, it's a bit of a scary time. What are they charging you with? I mean, what are they charging you with? Um, so RA11, I'm not sure if it's RA, but it's 11332. They dropped two other charges. Um, this one was something about not informing the public over uh, something that's bad for the community or something like that. And how, how would we know that? Because we just arrived there. Um, and, you know, it, that would mean that you would have to know that people are infected with something. Um, so it's very, it's case, very vague. Just to kind of give a background, you went to a restaurant to eat dinner with your wife. You lined up uh in five minutes you were arrested and you didn't even, yeah, see, yeah. You didn't so even see who I, was there you, you went I, to I went to i went to dinner which is legal um i went to dinner and within five minutes i walked in with the police already there and thinking to myself well this is great the police are here to help uh guide people on how to open during a <laughs> pandemic i you know i felt safe and then those same people that I walked by were the same ones that escorted me to jail and, you know, really there for five minutes, didn't even order food or drinks. Um, and so yeah, we're still in a bit of a tizzy. Uh, there's still, I, I'm still not sure what they plan on to doing with this whole thing. So, and what's worse was they took us from a, a wide open environment where everybody was pretty much social distancing with their masks on and we were forced into little tiny uh, cars and, and trucks and pushed into a station where we were then now shoulder to shoulder with everyone. So I, I, I understand why they went there. I understand the reasoning behind it, but um, I think the execution was a bit um, below <laughs> par on that. You know, they, they tried to, you know, they're trying to save everybody um, and keep everyone far apart, but yet in the process, they force them all together. So Again, it's we're in a time where these are, are brand new, so um, people don't know how to act. And um, there's a lot of, uh, I'm not sure if this is right, but we're going to go ahead and do it. Um, yeah, these are, we're in, um, what do you say? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's new territory for everyone. So uh, unfortunately, it, it looks like uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to be a bit of the guinea pigs for some of it. Yeah. And then I think that's what's scary about, say, any kind of new bill that, like you said, uh, Sunny, that gives... Uh, more authority, more police uh, ability for the police to just arrest people. Um, I think there's also a fear that the anti-terror bill is going to mirror what's going on in Hong Kong this past week, where we're seeing people actually get arrested for act being an activist and stuff. And I know you said that that's not going to be the case in, in our country, but I just hope, again, we don't fall in that same, you know, uh, what's my word here, uh, Senator? We don't, we don't see what's happening over there happen to our own citizens, I guess is I don't think it would. I mean, we're, we have a more, I think we have that democratic tradition more than, than Hong Kong, I think. I think yeah. uh, Hong Kong has that capitalistic culture, but in terms of free speech, they're very limited uh, sure. in what they can say and, 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 and express. I think we're, we, we, we're definitely a few notches above them. Right, right. Okay. So, so Senator, let's do this. Let's take a break. 
Um, when we come back, again, if you don't mind, man, you, you, you've been great here this morning. Uh, we, we're enjoying, I look at the time blow right by. I feel like we just started and we're already 45 minutes in. Uh, when we return, I want to talk about the work from home culture moving forward, how that can really, we can really benefit, especially, I guess, in, you know, in, in Manila, uh, where the congestion is just insane. Um, and then kind of other things that you have in, in mind, uh, what you're involved in and, uh, you know, how, how the, of course, the people, the most important part of all this, how the people benefit from it. Yes. Sure. All right. Sounds good. Like, Sounds good. Thank you. Looking yeah, forward. We have uh, Senator Sunny Angara here on the show this morning, enjoying every single second of this, and I don't want you to miss the remainder. So we'll take a break when we come back. Please join us. Follow us on social media at Super Team 899, at DJ Mo Twister, at CJ 899, at Suzy 899, and at Casey Montero. Yeah. Number back. Good. Uh, Senator Sunny Angara is here with us this morning on Zoom, Facebook, and of course live on Magic 89.9. We're all from home, man. Even you, Senator. This is, uh, this is great that we can use this venue. Of course, I mean, Shempre, I'm, I mean, I personally, uh, like the sound a little bit more when everyone's in studio, but for us to be able to do this, uh, is really a treat. Um, it's even easier to get guests like you guys, and, and, and we're going to be doing that a lot because people can really do it from home. Um, I know that, I mean, you've got some digital bills, uh, lined up. Is, is that right? Yes. Tony? Yes. Can you tell I, us a little have bit? I have two, uh, bills, which came, uh, which actually were filed before the pandemic, but they seem to be getting more attention now because of their relevance to what's happening now. Uh, well, the first is a digital skills bill, which tries yeah. to focus on, um, getting up to speed with the rest of the world and getting our kids up to speed uh, in terms of digital skills, like, uh, knowing coding by a certain grade, making sure our teachers kind of know what they're teaching, like making sure there's a minimum, there are minimum uh, requirements. That's that's the goal of the digital skills bill. And it wants to get, um, uh, it's not just, it's not just for children also. It's, it's all even for senior citizens or anyone who's retired early, you know, and, and to pick up these skills and kind of be, to integrate into the new, the newer parts of the economy. So that's, that's the digital skills bill. And the second is a digital transformation uh, bill, which is, Things like work from home to kind of make it normal and to make sure um, each company kind of has like an online platform in terms of human resources, in terms of, of payroll, things like that. Very, very seemingly mundane stuff, but very important stuff, I think, uh, in the in the big scheme of things. And two goals of the bills is to get all it's a whole of government approach to get all the relevant government agencies talking to each other, because after uh, 16 years in government. Uh, nine as a congressman and seven as a senator. Yeah. These guys don't talk to each other. That's one of my big discoveries. They don't talk to each other. They have these little kingdoms and silos. And um, in some administrations, they have these clusters and they do talk to each other. But but on as a rule, I think there needs to be more discussion. Like um, TESDA, CHED, DTI, they all have to kind of talk to each other. Uh, DTI to help online merchants say, to the guys selling blankets in in Tagaytay, hey guys, you can't sell them. No one's gonna go to Tagaytay right now, so you gotta go online. Basically, that's right. that's what DTI has to do, you know. So, so stuff like that. Um, that's the digital transformation bill and the digital skills bill, as I mentioned. But, but, but before Sunny, that, I was, uh, yeah, go sorry, ahead. Kind of throw this in. Um, how do you feel about us getting more digital, more online, if our internet speeds are kind of abysmal, at least compared to our re regional uh, competition? Um, do you feel like we're we have internet fast enough? to 
push all of your ideas and maybe even an online schooling as we get closer, as, as you know, as the pandemic seems to get worse and worse, we're going to need that speed for the work from home stuff for the schooling and for the digital bills. Do you think we're, we're good where we're, where we're at speed wise? Short answer is no, but, uh, the, the, whether the, 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 the question, whether it's good. Yes. It's good that it's all happening now because it's going to force the telcos. They're going to have no choice because the demand is going to be there and people are going to get really pissed off if they don't step up their game. So I think it's a good thing that it's all coming in together and maybe the inadequacies are going to show and, and everyone uh, has to kind of adjust in a way, even the policymakers kind of, um, the NTCs have going to have to put its foot down a little more the same way it did on ABS CBN, you know, maybe, maybe they should put it down on, on the telcos in terms of uh, giving good service. So, so I think, uh, I think we're not there yet, but, but there is the potential, as you said earlier in the show, to kind of use the pandemic to kind of leapfrog into a better place, you know? Okay, sorry, that cut you off. Uh, you were, you're, you're saying something a little bit more about the- yeah, I was gonna uh, rewind a little bit, guys. Uh, before the pandemic uh, hit us in March or Feb, uh, my biggest advocacy at the moment was an advocacy I like to term or put under the umbrella, Tatak Pinoy. Because I, I noticed that a lot of our national problems, like you're talking about unemployment, we have the highest unemployment in Southeast Asia. Uh, you're talking about uh, manufacturing. You know, we, don't, we, we, we lost manufacturing since we entered the WTO. Um, basically, we don't make things. Very few things are, are Philippine-made nowadays. I mean, we've lost that advantage because of power and a bunch of others. But basically, I wanted to kind of have that... Um, that pride. I think the next gen, the younger generation. I don't even consider myself part of that generation anymore. You know, I'm I'm the, I'm the older generation. But maybe like my kids' generation, the 20 year olds now coming out of college. You ask them what they want to be, and it's they they most likely want to be a professional of some sort, or maybe a, there's a brave few who want to be entrepreneurs. But there's not a lot who want to say who want to be makers. And I notice that's going on in 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 Brooklyn. Maybe there's people who want to be pottery makers you know they want to be furniture makers they want to be artisans you know and and we have such gifted uh creative people so yeah. this yeah. Pinoy, it's it's a it's a very ambitious uh, uh type of endeavor where kind of to infuse that uh into every government agency how can they help philippine uh, industries goods and services to help create that and and it's it's a long-term project because obviously how are you going to change people's hearts and minds and start wanting them. Hey, they're not going to wake up and suddenly say, Hey, I'm going to buy a, I'm going to buy a, a, a 3d printer and, and I'm going to start making things. It doesn't happen that way. So um, somehow I think it, this one solves a lot of our problems. Like if, if, if uh, you know, I've been in two national campaigns for the Senate and there's still this perennial problem of, I, I get this a lot from um, businessmen who say, how come the shipping cost from Cebu or Davao to Shanghai or to Hong Kong is cheaper than Manila to Davao or Manila to Cebu. And right. the answer is because there's nothing on the back end because we don't ship anything out. So, so, so the moment we start making more things, the moment we start having more services, it just hits a lot of birds. It hits unemployment. It hits yeah. poverty. It hits rural development. It hits this shipping problem that people are complaining about. Then you don't have to pay. It, it hits logistic costs. So I think... I think this is something that is cross-cutting in the sense that you have to get a lot of moving parts uh, working together. But, but, but I don't think anything has been. Um, I mean, there have been efforts probably in the past that, that uh, Filipino first policy back in the 60s. Right. But that right. was more like 
kind of a nationalistic thing. This is more of a competitive thing, rather rather than hey guys, let's let's get our game up, rather than just saying I'm gonna patronize Filipino products, even if they're not as good as the rest of the world. You know, it's not that. Yeah. That's not that's not that's not the approach. That's an outdated kind of approach. It's more I, of guys DTI or DOST. How can you help our guys selling a five dollar product? Make it into a $20 product, you know? All the, We have a huge semiconductor industry, but they're all coming back to us in iPads and, and computers anyway, right? <laughs> so it's a net deficit, you know? That's, those are the things we kind of want to fix. And, and that Tatak Pinoy was something I was looking at um, before the pandemic hit. So hopefully, um, maybe we can just re retool it, refashion it a little bit, but, but have the same goal in mind because it just hits so many um, targets. Love it. No, lo love it, Sonny. It's funny because you were saying, yeah, Filipinos are very creative and we can turn that into kind of real high quality products. I was looking at this face mask, this guy. I don't know. Have you guys seen this guy? His name is, uh, uh, what's it? Abelardo Yatay or something like that. Rene Abelardo was a 50 year old guy. I think he worked at ABS, uh, and, and he was creating these masks and they're these prosthetic 3D printed masks. I think that he's actually selling for yeah. 300. Which you can sell for 300 USD, I mean, in, in other places, because obviously mask design is, is kind of a thing right now. And it's this very detailed kind of horror looking mask. You got to look it up. If you haven't seen it, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's world man. Class. Yeah. And, and, you know, I just, uh, part of it is kind of making, giving uh, all these feel good success stories. And, you know, there's a success. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's gone in the opposite direction now with the, with the decline in tourism, but, but I went to Batangas in an eco zone and we were making the insides of Boeing planes. You know, I mean, obviously there's the future. The, the future of that is not is not good for the next five to 10 years with 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 COVID. But before that, we were hiring people. We were getting jobs that were going to the States or to other countries, you know. So there was there was also a cross current. It wasn't just a brain drain. There was also a brain gain. Like uh, I was talking to these foreigners, these British and American guys, and they were telling me, you know, we came to the Philippines to kind of just do our back end, to do the cheap stuff, you know. And then we yeah. realized, wow, they're really good designers here. They're really good engineers here. So they started and their workforce shifted from being blue collar to being white collar. And we yeah. had engineers coming in from Singapore. And it's such a wonderful story. I wanted, I try to tell it at every chance I get. So I, um, I'm, my, my staff has probably heard me tell that a hundred times because <laughs> it just it just shows that we can do it, guys, right? It just... It just shows that, you know, if we put our minds to it and maybe if, if you get the government and the private sector behind working behind that goal, you can you can reverse that the, the, the negative things that have been happening uh, over the last uh, decade or so. Yeah, we're talking about jobs here, uh, Sunny, but of course, I know what the grim reality is that uh, unemployment is high. See, I think you said it's highest ever now. And obviously, we can blame a lot of that with, with the pandemic. Um, what are we looking at in terms of the government stimulus uh, you know, things like that in terms of helping out the less fortunate, especially, especially the less fortunate, because I, I sometimes just, I can sit here and we can complain about, yeah, we're losing money. We're all, everybody, in, I think in this Zoom meeting is losing money, including you probably, Senator, right? But then we can't really just fathom what it's like to be the less fortunate, which is the majority of our Filipinos. What are you guys doing or what are you expecting the government to do to help them out? Because I think it's really, really we're by any hand too. There's a continuation of uh, the SAP program, which is very, uh, which helped a lot of people. You know, it, it was targeted at 18 million families, and that's going to continue for those under quarantine. But uh, for those coming back home, like the OFWs who lost their jobs, there's going to be government assistance. 
there's cash assistance and those for for those who lost their jobs it's the same thing there's going to be uh, cash assistance for them um hopefully it, it it's enough to last uh uh to last until they find another job but but I realize that it's not the easiest thing to do uh in this environment and there's a lot of loans for MSMEs we're going to infuse the plan is to infuse at least 50 billion into uh, financial institutions like land bank dbp and they're going to lend it out to smaller banks who can lend it out to like rural banks in uh Noveleta Cavite or Digos Davao del Sur and they can lend it out to to the smaller uh, businessmen in, the, in in that area and 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 at concessional interest because right. uh you know no, no one's making money at present except for maybe food guys and uh, right. uh, the other businesses you know Well, Senator, it's 9.03. I know we said we only have you till 9, uh, so I apologize for a little bit of uh, the overtime. Um, if, if I can just kind of get one last thing in here. Um, you are a COVID survivor, so we, we feel really good about that. I mean, you're one of our favorites, definitely. But just to kind of see you healthy, uh, to see you out there being a little bit more even involved with uh, plasma giving. I know I see that on your uh, your Twitter um, a lot, right? And I do follow you, so I'm kind of very much involved in things that you're into. Um You're a survivor, man. What, what, what do people like you who have gotten COVID, who have beaten COVID, and what would you want them to do in terms of helping out the rest of the population? Well, I would want to uh, tell the population to kind of appreciate our health workers, and I think a lot of people do because there's a huge sacrifice. When I was in the hospital, I was talking to the nurses, and they were they were just telling us how tough their shifts were. They weren't going home; they were sleeping in the hospital. Or finding a boarding house, or some were getting kicked out of their boarding house. So, so I think number one is to appreciate our health workers, uh, our doctors and nurses. And secondly, I think is uh, well. I hope you don't mind the plug, but I have a website called Plasma ng Pagasa. And uh, if there are COVID survivors who want to donate, they can sign up there. We're partnering with uh, the two Saint Luke's in BGC and QC with the Philippine General Hospital or PGH uh, as well. And uh, they're accepting your donations and they're farming it out all over the country. So if also if other hospitals want to join us, because I noticed the, the doctors were complaining that there weren't enough donors for plasma. So I said, well, you know, a lot of my guys are just sitting at working from home and not really attending the meetings that they have to. So this is something we could work on on the side. So we said, let's try to help out and try to, to, to have the donors and the, the, the patients uh, uh, meet somehow. So we just wanted to be, uh, to, 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 to kind of mediate uh, that need, you know. Uh, do you know what COVID patient number you are or what survivor number you yeah. are? I, I know a lot of 574. 574. 574. 574th case. Um, yeah, I, I see that sometimes with people like on Instagram, they put it in their bio. I mean, it really is an interesting statistic. And I know I said this earlier, Senator, it's a very awesome time. Awesome doesn't necessarily have to be positive, right? It could be a very negative word, but you, it is, we're at all at what is going on. This is a pandemic that we, have, we haven't seen something like this in 100 years. So in, a, in essence, we have never seen this. Uh, and for you to be there, for you to beat it, I want to just say, I, I don't know if you congratulate somebody for that, right? But let's just say we're happy to see you uh, healthy. We're happy to see you alive. And and uh, you're 574. And, and, you know, we're just happy that you're, you're good, I guess. Uh, thank you so much, uh, DJ Mo, uh, Susie, <laughs> CJ, and Casey. This was a lot of fun doing this, but but I do appreciate it. I mean, if anything, COVID has made me more a more grateful person. You know, that gratitude is really ingrained uh, in me for many reasons. And uh, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much, guys.
All right. Thanks, Senator, uh, for hanging out with us. We got to take a break because, man, I know you, you said you had a ton of meetings today. We went over time. I apologize for that. But oh, no worries. No worries. We'd love to have you back on, man. If, if, uh, anytime. If, uh, anytime. This was fun. I mean it. This was really fun. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed. Thanks, brother. Okay. So, uh, everyone else, we'll, let's just wrap it up here instead of taking another commercial break. Um, thanks for hanging out with us today on this Wednesday. We'll see you guys again tomorrow. Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed the whole week's worth of guests and just it's been great experience uh, when we've taken Zoom a little bit more seriously. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a really big part of our, our lives moving forward as the numbers still seem to be going up. So bear with us. I know it's not the greatest setup, but we can certainly maximize it as we have today. So uh, Case, DJ, yeah, Susie, we out of here. See you yep. tomorrow. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much, so, Senator uh, Sonny. Thank you, Senator. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you, guys. For watching. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. From uh, COVID survivor 574 to uh, inmate 112, <laughs> uh, thanks for dropping by. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's not right. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Good luck with okay. that. Okay, again. Yes. So what <laughs> thanks. Sound um, all, all of this. We're gonna throw out stats, but yeah, no, thanks guys. Have a good day. Bye everybody. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Guys. Thank you. Follow Good Times Official on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts.